hear Bass Edge Radio presented by MegaWare Keel Guard. Check them out at KeelGuard.com, the industry's first do-it-yourself keel protector and proud manufacturers of the Flex Step and Skeg Guard. I'm excited to continue this Bass Edge Radio. It's hard to believe that January and half of February is gone so quickly, Aaron. It really is, Kurt, but you know what? Pitchers and catchers have uh, already reported to spring training. That is kicked off, and in the fishing world, that just means we are 30 days closer to some awesome spring bass catching action. <laughs> Aaron, you're making my mouth water, buddy. That's my favorite time of year. But before we get there, we need to find some late winter bass action. This episode will discuss those tactics with TV personality and the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Well, let's get this show on the water. The throttle is down. Bass Edge Radio begins now. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the Powerful is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, Powerful deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, Powerful won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Powerful, swift, silent, secure. Visit Powerpole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. In three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Kurt, day after Valentine's Day, I guess recovery is in order from all the kudos that you received from Rhonda, given the chocolates and just, I'm sure, dozens of roses delivered to your doorstep, compliments of you. Yeah, that's for sure, Aaron. It was the diamond rings that sent me back. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've been on the water so much, and she supports me such a great deal. You know, it's it's real important to give back over the Valentine's holiday, that's for sure. Well, uh, I do appreciate, I noticed uh, you sent me some sort of uh, mail, and it wasn't hate mail this time. So thank you for that. Yeah, you got my card. Did you notice the uh, Be Mine little heart? You know, I just wanted to make sure we show the Bass Edge love to one another. Yeah, nothing but love in 2014 at Bass Edge Nation. That's right. But, you know, speaking of Valentine's Day, Kurt, it kind of makes us start thinking about what's to come. You know, football's over. That's kind of the uh, off the couch. You know, the cold weather is hopefully starting to be ushered out the door. Spring training is starting. So it's kind of that anticipation of what's coming. That's right. But we want to be sure to hold the reins, Aaron, because... A lot of times you feel those conditions changing for us, but they don't change quite as fast for the bass. So don't jump totally into springtime gear yet. We're still in late winter patterns, and we're going to discuss some of those tactics today in our Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. But before we jump there, let's first stop off and visit the Tech Minute, brought to you by ProtectTheHarvest.com. First by land and now by sea. 
For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. With us is a guy I like to call our very own Mythbuster, Mark Negist. But we can't because he's already taken by Lucas Oil Products as their guru chemist. Regardless, he's here with our Tech Minute presented by ProtectTheHarvest.com. Mark, as anglers, what do we need to know about TCW3 when it comes to our outboard motors? Well, first of all, TCW3 is specifically certified by the National Marine Manufacturer Association. So as long as you have that TCW3 on your label, you know it's applicable for outboard motors. The product is designed specifically to improve performance. It's a fuel-lubricated system, so it can either be added directly to the fuel or direct injection. But the main thing to remember is that you always want to use TCW3 oil in outboard motors that call for that specification. Well, Mark, along those same lines, you know, can outboard manufacturers void their warranty if anglers don't run their brand-specific oil? Because there's kind of that, you know, connotation out there that, hey, we've got to use the branded oil that the motor represents. Okay, this is more of a marketing statement than anything. Uh, they really cannot dictate that you use their oil unless they're willing to give it to you for free. Uh, you can use any brand of oil as long as it meets TCW3 requirements and as long as it meets the OEM published specifications. They really can only make a recommendation that you use their oil, but they cannot dictate it. Very interesting. Sounds like a lot of guys might be out there trying to get some oil for free. But regardless, thanks, Mark. We'll talk more about this next time as I am certainly not through with this topic. Bass Edge Radio, we'll be back in a moment. Two fishermen came together with one agenda, to construct bass boats superior in design and build with a flawless finish, with our boats exhilarating handling and smooth ride. Extreme rough water just doesn't exist. We're not just building a boat, we're building a legend. Legend Boats. I'm professional angler Stetson Blaylock, and you're listening to Bass Edge Radio. In this episode of the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight, we bring back a longtime partner of Bass Edge. And uh, actually, you can get a few Bass Edge DVDs with this guy teaching you some stuff about bass fishing as well. We have this TV personality, Dave Wolak, the host of Carolina's Perfect Cast. Dave, how's it going? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? We are doing great, Dave. And I've got to tell you, so glad to have you back, being here part of the show, looking forward to catching up. But uh, before we get to far you know i know you're a big baseball fan i know you have the new show carolina's perfect cast so kind of putting those two together is it safe to deduce that you have a rod scheduled as a uh, cameo guest appearance on the show <laughs> i don't know about a rod man I, you know i live around here in raleigh durham i've become more of a durham bulls fan than any other team just because it's sort of a more of an intimate environment there and uh, i did go to yankee stadium this year i know that's sort of taboo for you but i enjoyed that i was at the new stadium and uh, didn't get to see a-Rod play. In fact, they had like their third stringers in uh, and ended up losing 5-4 to four to the Oakland A's in the last inning, but it was a good experience. I kind of liked the new stadium. It was good to go to Monument Park and all that, but definitely no A-Rod on the schedule. 
schedule. Well, uh, I enjoyed our past late fall baseball classic conversations with the Cardinals. As you know, I'm a big diehard Cardinal fan. But anyway, before we digress too far into that and wind up saying things that we'll later regret, we better move <laughs> along with the show. But hey, you know, Dave, some of the most prolific history in bass fishing has really came out of the Carolina region of where you're at, including just a monumental BASS tournament win yourself a few years back there on Lake Wiley. Matter of fact, you know, you ended up moving there from Pennsylvania. And what I would like to know is what makes the Carolinas such a great place to fish that you would up and move roots and head out to that part of the country? Well, there's a lot of different things. I think that most importantly, the weather here is pretty mild overall, but you still have all the seasons. So you sort of have that feel of having a a winter, spring, summer, fall scenario, but you have the ability to have a very extended fall and an extended spring that you don't have up north where you're sitting around frozen water for about six months out of the year. So that's a big thing. Plus, I just think it's a very diverse state. I think that South Carolina and Virginia included in it. You have tidal water, you have the Piedmont region where I live is basically like a red clay region. Like you guys are out in the Ozarks and well, maybe not you, Kurt, but the Ozark region is all kind of rock. But around here, we have a lot of this clay. And, and what that sets up for is like a lot of different water clarity mixes. You'll have something extremely stained and muddy. And then you could go to the mountains and you could also have a pretty mountain lake you know, like you're used to, Barron. And uh, you could go towards the coast and you could have sort of that swampy, sanity-looking type of setup or even some brackish water to deal with. So it's just the diversity and the, and the mild climate and, you know, a lot of great just big lakes. And the lakes themselves... You know, you could separate them into like five different lakes in one lake because of water clarity and setup. So, um, you know, the diversity is, is probably the biggest thing. Well, I tell you, Dave, you were kind of cautious there about looping me with the Ozarks, and I appreciate that. But I got to admit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Lake Amistad looks a lot like those White River impoundments, just on a different scale. And certainly being from the East Coast, I can appreciate that diversity as well. But I tell you, Dave, you know, outside of your moves and the show and, and all those types of things, you know, you've been in this industry a long, long time. You're you're an excellent promoter throughout the tournaments, the shows, and everything else that you're involved with. Recently, I was scrolling through your website, noticed some pretty cool stuff. It takes me back to all the comments when we, <laughs> we were together a little bit more about your fitness guru in those P90X days. But uh, mm-hmm. what intrigued me most was some of your blog posts, you know, pretty thoughtful and interesting reading there. And uh, your latest one that I read, the uh, GoPros Can Make Us Better Anglers. I thought that was really cool. Can you expound on that for our listeners? Uh, yeah, I got into uh, riding this year, about the beginning of last year, really, on a, a weekly thing I do for Feel and Stream, and it's just an interesting way to sort of share all the different uh, experiences I had and information that I picked up on and just kind of throw things out there that have basically been interesting for me, and I feel that they'll be interesting to a lot of people. And, you know, GoPros are one of those things. I mean, we're in a technology state now where everybody's buried in technology, and you're trying to apply that and all those different things to something in the outdoors and another living being, being the fish. And, I, you know, of course, with shows, and you guys could attest to that, when you're dealing with video footage, there's a lot of things in video footage that you learn about what you're doing, and you learn about others, and, you know, you learn about technique things that you could enhance your overall effort when you're out there on the water. And, you know, just rolling footage and having a sort of, you know, really compact camera to do such that you wouldn't have so in the past and giving you different angles on things like GoPros allow you to have, but they're made for action sports. And let's face it, bass fishing is kind of an action sport, at least when things are happening. If you're catching nothing, then it's not. But I've had a mount on my head, on my chest, on different parts of the boat. And, you know, that downtime when you don't think you're doing anything wrong and you're just not catching something, you, you know, maybe miss a few fish. 
and you're wondering why you missed them, you can look back at some of that footage and you can take little technique things and build on that and use some of that footage and it doesn't really cost you anything other than the price of the camera initially, and then you go back and load it up on your computer and look through things. And, of course, if you're doing something like a show, then some of that footage could be applied. But as you guys well know that, you know, what makes the highlight reels is not what you're necessarily looking for because if it's a highlight <laughs> reel thing, it's a, you know, it's a missed, you know, a hard miss or a you're catching and landing the biggest fish of the day and things like that. That's what will actually make the final footage. But that little stuff that's in between, maybe, you know, you're messing up some casts throughout the course of the day and you can pick up on little wrist angles and things like that to maybe get a better casting trajectory. And there's just a lot of little things. And I thought that with the couple years that I've been really playing with these GoPros, that you know maybe a, a lot of anglers out there could utilize them a lot better. That's great advice because I take that from Maya. My oldest daughter is, is heavily involved in tennis and attends an academy. And, you know, they get into swing analysis and using video. And she's approaching 11 years old. So there's no reason why that same technology and same premise cannot be applied to fishing. And, you know, along those same lines, that's exactly what I appreciate about you as the angler and as the person, because ever since I've known you, it's almost like you want to get into the concept of bass fishing and understand it beyond just, hey, I'm going to throw my brown jig up there and it's going to bite it and then I set the hook. It's why the fish are doing what they're doing. Why is the bait working? What happens under these scenarios? And that ties into even your tackle preparation. And my question is, do you believe that there is a lot of merit to cleaning out your boat and repacking it and you know going through everything or is that just more of somebody's preference to have a clean boat and look all nice and shiny and doesn't really help them catch any more fish well yeah there's definitely the need to do so everybody has their own sort of system and way of doing that you know over the years i i personally can't stand the off season going through all the treble hooks that are rusted and taking all the plastics that are expanded to five times the size because you left the water in someplace something you know there's always something that you just sort of despise in the whole cleanup procedure and reorganizing, but it is a necessity. And, you know, I think that some of the other things that you could expand on in the off-season is things like I talked about, expand on the technology. I mean, we have so many different ways to sort of reinforce your outlook when you go to a new body of water and, and during the year, things like Google Earth and using different apps on your phone and finding new and non-traditional ways to sort of prepare. And I think that over the last couple of years, that's something that I've done in the off-season that's in addition to the straight-up tackle preparation is preparing with technology. And even if it's not for the tournament atmosphere, it's for preparing for what I'm doing with the show or for something that I'm doing with my writing or whatever. I think that the next generation of bass anglers is going to be way, way on top of that. So uh, we've got to kind of catch up to the Joneses there. Yeah, there's no question. You know, one thing I'm doing a little bit different in that regard, Dave, is, you know, I've started to use an iPad a little bit more and even using it while I'm in the boat. You know, that way I've got my Navionics and my graphs and everything and all, all the technology there typically people are purchasing with boats these days and then boom i got my ipad there so i can look at the satellite views and and just have another way to look at those things but being able to educate yourself more especially you know in the winter time is is super important can make all of us better anglers and speaking about winter i tell you I'm, my vocabulary is increasing on a daily basis thanks to weather.com we've got polar vortex out the wazoo what is up with all these cold snaps been coldest has ever been in years 
years. Dave, I'm interested to know how you believe that that's affecting the fish and how it's going to kind of affect the late winter pre-spawn patterns in your neck of the woods. I think that what it does most importantly is that it extends that pre-spawn stage. If you have it dip well below spawning temperatures, then it's going to take a longer time to have that warm-up get up to the point where they're going to spawn. And I think that having that longer pre-spawn only makes for better fishing. Um, everybody likes to spawn and you can go and see them on the bed and just flip to them and catch them. Well, hopefully you can catch them. But that pre-spawn stage is when the big ones bite. You know that. I mean, we've been around these places and fished for years all around the country kind of following that pre-spawn, spawn, post-spawn thing. And I'm always like, please let it be pre-spawn and not post-spawn because, you know, it's just when the better fishing is. And uh, I think that in a way, yeah, it's cold and we're dealing with it now, but it'll probably extend that pre-spawn even, you know, sometimes up to a month, depending on where you are graphically and hopefully you know that's all for the good yeah no doubt this is a record catching time of year for sure i saw in the latest bass blaster a couple weeks back they had a new record coming out of arkansas and a couple of share lunkers coming out of texas and this is the time of year to catch those giant ones but hey dave it's time to take a quick break before we jump into more of dave's how-to regarding late winter fishing tactics bass edge radio returns in a moment Eventually, it's going to happen. You'll turn the key and your engine won't start. Don't lose your ability to get around. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts for a super start battery. Whether it's a reliable economy, hardworking premium, or powerful extreme, you'll find it at an everyday low price. Don't let a dead battery slow you down. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Host of Carolina's Perfect Cast, Dave Woolak is our Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Lucas Oil High Performance Marine Products. From real oils to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturer's requirements, visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. Well, Mr. Wolak, here we are late February. You know, every evening I notice the days are getting longer. How much do you believe that the amount of light during the daytime determines fish movement? It's dependent on a couple things. Number one, if you have an extended cold spell during the winter like we've had, the amount of light doesn't really make as much of a difference. When you're right around that spawn and you see that 60-degree mark on the horizon in the water temperatures, then I think that you're really, really going to get serious. I'm not as much big on the light as I am upon the straight-up water temperatures. I think those fish kind of hold off and, and really just rely on the water temperature as being the main thing. I mean, I don't know how you feel on it. I mean, do you feel any differently about that? No, I don't. I think that daylight does play some major factor. I think I really see daylight play a factor in other times of year, specifically like in August, you know, even though the water's hot. You know, you start to see some bait fish move up off the bottom and, and fish start to move to the bank a little bit. But in the wintertime, I think the daylight plays some factor to just monitor because obviously the more light penetration you have, the water warms a little bit. But I would agree with you. I, I tend to focus much more on my water temperature than I do the amount of light during the day. You know, along those same lines, Dave, what are you 
you doing this time of year? Obviously, looking for water temperature, I'm assuming, kind of falls into that category. But if we were to survey the front deck of your boat, what does Dave Wolak have tied on this time of year? Well, you're always playing the game this time of the year, whether the fish are going to be shallow or they're going to be deep. If you could catch that first wave in strategic locations of a group of fish moving up pre-spawn, you know, that's something that you want to be ready to attack. So my arsenal is always prepared with flipping jigs and spinnerbaits and things that when you hit that sort of critical mass of like, it's going to happen any day now, you know, you could just jump on it. And that could be an influx of warm water from a rainstorm or a week-long spell of good weather and high sun and warming water. But, you know, typically if you're just sort of probing around in the depths, I think that you're always looking for fish that are going someplace. So, you know, the deeper fish that are set up in wintering holes and things like that, if they're sort of retracting from those areas, and leaving and starting to set up pre-spawn, you're going to be able to catch some big fish in those locations. And I'm always set up, you know, in the case of a really cold spell to fish deep and fish a spoon and fish things that are sort of more traditional winter type of setups. But I don't rely on that as heavily as I do on trying to find fish that are moving in. I'll give you some great examples. The first year I fished professionally on the Bass Tour was like 2005 and that was set up to be basically almost like winter. We had all our tournaments and February, March, uh, a little bit into April. Most of the bodies of water that I went to were the first time I was even there. I was looking for one to two to three degree temperature differences. And when you go to a big lake, you could usually find that if you go running around 40 miles up the lake, up a river or something like that. And I remember times where I completely abandoned entire sections of the lake based on one or two degrees. And that's because I'm looking for that wave of fish. So, you know, my mindset is that I want those fish to be shallow. I want them to be coming to me. But you're always trying to be aware of the fact that in the case of a worst-case scenario, it's freezing cold and you know that that spell is going to be around for an entire week. You can be prepared to fish for fish that are offshore and are basically set up in a wintering stage. Well, in these frigid, cooler water temperatures, why does it seem as if the quality or perhaps even catch rates on slick, calm days in late winter seem to go down and eventually become non-existent? They become very, very difficult to catch. Well, if it's slick, calm, and cold versus slick, calm, and warm, I think that you have to gauge that differently. And also cloudy versus sunny. If you have a sunny winter day and it's slick and calm, then those fish are going to rise up in the water column and they're going to gravitate towards the sun and the big fish will rise and they become difficult to catch, number one, because they're in the middle of the water column and jerk baits and flashy baits that are traditionally middle of the water column baits, although you're going to be in the strike zone a long time, with calm, slick conditions and lethargic fish, you're not going to have somebody, you know, chasing something really flashy or they're going to be left apt to do so. But calm and slick and overcast, I think, puts those fish on the bottom and you'll see sort of great days get kicked out because you're number one able to sit on the fish and fish for them effectively by not being blown around in the wind and they're on the bottom I mean just when you get fish on the bottom you drop a bait till it hits the bottom and you're working on the bottom and you're in the strike zone the entire time it's a no-brainer so I think that you have to gauge those two types of setups a little bit differently and uh, you know the winter's a funny time and I actually enjoy it because you know I think that the grouping effect of fish is really there you have like these humongous groups of fish that are set up so that when you do find them 
be exceptionally fun. And, you know, another thing is there's hardly anybody out there on the water. I mean, I love fishing in the winter because you get out there and you can sit on a group of fish and not worry about 15 pleasure boaters, you know, with water skiers jumping by you and everything else. You have it to yourself and uh, nobody else is going to be hole jumping you as well. Great information. i got to agree with you on the uh, slick days versus different types of conditions. When it's sunny and slick, that seems to me to be a super tough condition. So if I'm a weekend angler and I've got Saturday or Sunday to choose from to go fishing, I'm probably going to choose the worst weather day, probably the best fishing day. So uh, keep that in mind for all the weekend anglers out there. But I tell you, Dave, let's move to a popular segment of the show, our O'Reilly Auto Parts Professional Parts People listener question. This question comes from Paul Marchaza of Mentor, Ohio. Sorry, Paul, if I brutalized your name there. But uh, first, I got to mention Paul's testimonial. He wants to thank Bass Edge Podcast. A few years ago, I didn't know anything about bass fishing. Since then, I've become obsessed with it and ended up winning my first big tournament at the Bassmaster Open on Lake Erie as a co-angler this past September. A large part of that accomplishment is due to what I had learned in this great podcast. Man, Paul, that is awesome. Appreciate the feedback and thanks for letting us know. Dave, here Here is the question Paul has for Bass Edge. In trying to continue a fast track in my learning of the sport in order to compete at a higher level, what is the most important skill or technique I can focus on to become a better angler in a short period of time? Lack of patience. Everybody talks about patience, and you know, if, if you notice, it didn't take me long to actually answer that question. But uh, I say lack of patience. I think that, you know, the traditional mindset is that fishermen are the most uh, patient people in the world. And patience is fine if you're trying to learn one specific skill set, one specific spot, one specific something. But if you're trying to be on the fast track of learning at all, you need to be impatient. You need to move when the fish and the weather conditions and everything surrounding the day is not dictating you staying and you need to move and try and be versatile and try different things and in doing so the impatience is actually a virtue i think that you know part of my success over the years in fishing is just moving and changing and doing things that were unconventional and different when i felt it was right and just kind of trusting your gut and um i don't know if that's something that you could specifically work on other than just knowing that fact and i think that looking back upon you know what i've done and looking back upon me watching other people fish, you know, I asked myself, like, man, I can't believe that guy could just sit there all day. And sometimes, you know, in case of post-spawn and you just got to drag the Carolina rig on a point all day and they keep coming to you, that works. But I'm like kind of a shaker and a mover. And I think that, you know, over the course of time, fishing is about statistics and especially in the tournament game. And playing the odds to be better in your favor is moving and adapting and changing and knowing that having one skill set or one spot is just never going to be any good. Make sense? Absolutely makes sense. You would rather be moving around trying different things and succeed or fail on a multiple level versus sitting there doing the same thing with lack of success at any level. Exactly. I agree, too, and, and I'd like to just throw this out to Paul as well. Is Although impatience, as Dave said, is a huge virtue, the overall process of your development, I think you know anglers try and rush it too much. Paul, you're fishing as a co-angler right now. You're learning a lot of things. Your skills improving. You know, be patient on how fast you 
you want to move forward. Make sure each step in your angling process is completed before you try and jump to the next step. I think a lot of times, you know, somebody wants to move too fast going from, you know, let's say in this situation, you know, a co-angler to a pro angler, and they're trying to jump too many hoops at once. So take your time in that respect, Paul, and I think that'll help you be the angler you really want to be when you get to that level that you're looking to reach as a goal. So Good stuff, Paul. There you have it. In patience is the key concept for angler development. Hey, Paul, thank you so much for sending in your question. Please be sure to contact us via email and let us know you heard your question on the show to redeem your $100 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. And as always, listeners, continue to submit those listener questions and show feedback through our email, support at BassEdge.com, along with your name and hometown, and continue to follow Bass Edge on Facebook and our Twitter handle, at Bass Edge. Well, Dave, thanks for taking time out once again to chat with our listeners and helping them become better anglers. Do you have any final thoughts for Bass Edge Nation before you go about the rest of your day? No, not just for you, Aaron. I'm just going to say I'm going to keep working on trying to get A-Rod on your show. I know that you've been trying for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, hey, don't give me too much trouble. Kurt was actually an investor in Biogenesis. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, apparently A-Rod will have plenty of time to be on the show next year <laughs> and maybe both of our shows. So, but hey, Dave, thank you, and, and it's great to have you back, and uh, look forward to seeing you on a lake somewhere in the Carolinas. Bass Edge Radio will be back after this message. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. Well, that was fun. Always a great interview with Dave Wolak, and super happy for him and Dustin Wilkes, for that matter, for their show, Carolina's Perfect Cast. I'll be interested to continue watching more of those episodes as they come on throughout the rest of the year. And for those who may not be aware, Dave Wolak is an absolute hoot. So seeing him on the other side of the camera lens coming through to your TV screen, you're sure to not only learn a lot, but have several laughs as that goes on. And you guys brought up one of the things concerning the water temperature. You know, the scientific term for the lengthening of the day is actually called photoperiod. And I believe, Kurt, that in the springtime, you know, one of the things that we have to remember is you brought this up in your interview. By the days getting longer, that just simply means it's allowing more light or the sun to be shining on the water for a lot longer. And I do believe that that's kind of the kickoff for the bass to know, hey, we need to be starting to think about moving, starting to get closer and starting to make our migrations closer to those spawning areas, much like it does in the summertime. You know, after the summer solstice and the days start getting shorter, many times I've been out fishing deep thinking that just because the air temperature, you know, is 100 degrees in August, well, those bass are starting to move shallow all because the days are getting shorter and they're starting to work those traffic ways. So just keep that in mind when you're out looking for bass. 
not only is it water temperature, but also think about the migration routes that they're using as a result of the lengthening day. That's great input, Aaron. Again, you know, it's kind of a toss-up. You got water temp, lengthening of days. Obviously, water temp, I think, is super critical for when those bass actually spawn, but the lengthening of the day being just as critical as those bass want to move up to get in that pre-spawn stage. So very important to notice that change of daylight take place. Hey, we're out of time here at Bass Edge. Thanks for tuning in for episode 178. I am Kurt Dove for Aaron Martin and the rest of the Bass Edge staff. We'll be back with a new episode on March the 1st. Have a great day. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard keel protectors. The Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil Products, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.